Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. We're back on Amazing Business Radio. This is Shep Hyken. So excited about today's interview because we have a repeat performance from a friend of mine, Blake Morgan. I see her all over the world as we travel around and speak at different conferences. She is the author of two books. We're going to talk about our most recent book. But before I get into that, just a couple of reminders. If you have any questions, you want to reach out, share a story, or you have uh, just want to talk about anything related to customer service or experience, you can reach me at any of the social channels. I'm pretty much everywhere, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you name it, I'm there. And if I'm not, tell me and I'll probably get on it. And just make sure you use the hashtag AskShep. I also have a TV show called Be Amazing or Go Home. That's available on Amazon Prime and Roku. And uh, gosh, we're just finishing up our first season. Coming up, we have an amazing uh, couple of guests. Well, you'll have to wait until after the episode for me to officially announce it, but they're great. And for those that haven't seen it, it's a talk show. It's about 30 minutes long. We talk about all the things we're talking about here, little motivation and some incredible guests. All right, let's turn back our attention to Blake Morgan, who is truly a leader in the customer experience world. She's a keynote speaker and she is considered a customer experience futurist. I mentioned she'd authored two books and uh, we're gonna focus on this one today, The Customer of the Future. 10 Guiding Principles for Winning Tomorrow's Business. And I'm excited. I hope you're excited. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the studio, Blake Morgan. Hey, Blake. Shep, my, my <laughs> oldest friend. Oldest? Does Not, that mean age oldest or a better friend for a long time oldest? Well, I do see you a lot in Las Vegas for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, and what happens in Vegas apparently doesn't stay in Vegas, as we talk about it now. Well, you and I are pretty boring. I mean, not to expose you, but I mean, we usually are the ones not drinking too much and just like eating. Last yeah. time you just sat and watched me eat dinner because you're so sweet. Because I, <laughs> I did. I wanted, you're I, right. You didn't want the food they had at the reception. And no. so I said, okay, I'll hang with you for a little while. And I and, shoved food in my face. <laughs> Well, all right. Well, let's jump into this, Blake. I mean, uh, first of all, I'm, I, you just wrote an article and you write for Forbes. And the, the recent article, would you share the title? I loved it. I loved it enough to include it in my top five roundup. This is a great, great article. It is about 25 examples, 25 companies. Go ahead. Yeah. So 25 companies that you probably haven't heard of examples of, I mean, that's not the title, the exact title, customer experience around the world, 25 examples of best practices you haven't heard of. Yeah. And you know what? I think there's 25 examples and you may have heard of some of them, but there are ideas in this article. You should check it out. So just go to Forbes, type in Blake Morgan in the search bar and you'll find this was just uh, toward the middle of October. So depending on when you're listening, it's the middle of October, 2019. Because if you happen to be listening to this two years from now, because we do keep them <laughs> and archive them, you'll go, oh, I'd love to find that article, help me. So there you go. Uh, Blake, tell us about this new book, The Customer of the Future. I mean, you're considered a customer experience futurist. So I think this book ties perfectly in with what you do, but what was the inspiration for the book? The inspiration was the realization that so many companies 
they haven't even achieved the table stakes of customer experience. Like you, your article recently did well, like why customers aren't going to your stores or something about like, basically you're not getting the, the simple stuff right. And that's why customers aren't visiting you. It's not because of the, um, you know, e-commerce, it's not the move to e-commerce. It's so you're not getting the simple stuff, right? Yeah. So, I so what are the table stakes? I mean, you say we don't, they're not the table stakes. What right. are the basics? The basics is know who your customers are. Um, know why they're calling. Don't make their life harder to make your own business, make your business run more easily and to save money. It's like so often, even when you go to the doctor, it's like they make you do work. Like I always tell the story of when I had my first daughter and after I had her, I went home and I got like a 10 page survey in the mail that I was supposed to fill out and send back in the mail. And it's like, what parent to a newborn wants to sit and fill out a 10 page survey and then physically <laughs> walk to the mailbox? So that's often cool. we make yeah. life harder on our customers to make it easier on our own business. And that's just, I mean, you know about being service oriented. Right. And by the way, you know, I wrote an entire book about the idea of being more convenient and reducing friction. The convenience revolution. Very good. Very Absolutely. good. Yes. Little plug for that. All right. But this is not about me. This is about you. So this, you get it. The basics are there, the table stakes. So the, you were inspired to write this book because people just aren't getting it. But if they do get it, that's today. What do they need to be thinking of for tomorrow? Yeah, so the book is based on these 10 principles. And the principles can be bucketed into three areas just to make it easier for your listeners to understand. So they are psychological. So these are the invisible pieces of your strategy. So customer experience mindset. So what's the attitude of the executives and the employees at your company? The second is company culture, because clearly there's more research today that draws the correlation between how we feel at work and the quality of the work that we do. And the third piece of the psychological bucket is leadership development, because often we hire executives and we just hope that they turn our company around. We don't necessarily onboard and orient them into our customer-focused way of doing business. And so if we don't leave it up to chance to ensure that they're in line with our customer and employee-focused culture, you're going to have better results. So that's the first bucket of psychological. Mm -hmm. And by the way, I just want to say, if we're hiring somebody or promoting somebody into leadership, I sure hope that we have done our due diligence to make sure this person is in alignment with what you're trying to achieve. I, I, can, I, I get it. I, I've seen CEOs get hired and fired within a year. And I'm going, how do they not see that coming, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think that the, the problem with hiring a CEO and just expecting them to turn your company around, like one person can't turn an entire company around. Like even the CEO needs to be trained and needs to be taught about the culture. And the culture has to be steady and consistent. I, I don't think we can leave it up to chance. You know, uh, years and years ago, and, and by the way, I realize this is the first bucket. We have two more. You've given us three. Uh, three <laughs> this is uh, my favorite bucket, though. So let's play, okay. let's play in this bucket for okay, a minute. Okay, we'll play in the bucket for a minute, take a short break, come back and do a deeper dive. But I do want to hear about the other buckets, the other two buckets and the other seven, just if nothing else to give us an inkling as to what it's about. But I remember many, many years ago, the only time I ever had a real job that I thought was going to be full-time, this is what I'm going to do outside of what I do today. And I realized I started my business right, practically right out of college. 
but I was in a family business and uh, for a very short time. I worked there while I was in high school, summer jobs occasionally, some, and then I started working for them in college. And they said, when you get out of college, what is it that you want to do? And I said, because they're grooming me to be an executive, right? And I said, I want to go in the field. I want to spend a year doing what everybody does. So I understand it. I get it. And mm -hmm. uh, I realized that, that that doesn't mean I'm going to be a VP or whatever for a while. But I think until I've done everything, or at least been exposed to everything, how could I possibly know what's really going on? And I right. thought that that was our, and I learned that. So there's a great book. It's called The Fountainhead by Anne mm -hmm. Rand. Are you familiar yeah. with it? And yeah. the main central character is uh, an architect. And it's, you know, they say it's loosely based on the book by Frank, uh, about Frank Lloyd Wright. Uh, but this guy, uh, he went to college to become an architect, but he also worked in construction. He worked in the buildings, the types of buildings that he was planning on. And the insight that he had compared to others was night and day, the, the uh, advantage that he had. And I think that's what we're getting at. A CEO has to have that background. And if they're not even coming in to turn your company around, they're just coming in to run your company, they right. still need that because otherwise they're going to run it into the ground and then some other, somebody else is to come and turn it around. So Yeah, and I think today we live in complicated times where we need leaders that are amazing listeners, that are awake, that are aware, that are culturally aware, and they spend time with employees on the factory floor, in the call center, and, and they've got that intuition. I think gone are the days where the executives sit in their offices and they don't know what's going on on the ground. One so that's really the awake and aware leader today that, that really is humble and that you see them around. Right. And I think uh, Undercover Boss has oh. done a lot. A t great TV show. I love that I, it. I love yeah, it. That, that's done a lot to show that leaders need to get out and see what's really going on because many of them have no clue. All right. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, you can really quickly run through the other seven principles and then we'll d dive back into the psychological. So okay. we're going to do that. Blake Morgan's book, by the way, it is titled The Customer of the Future, 10 Guiding Principles for Winning Tomorrow's Business. HarperCollins published it. It's available on Amazon.com and everywhere else books are sold. So we're going to take a short break. Don't go away. Are you ready to be amazing? Of course you are. That's why you tune into Amazing Business Radio. If you like what you're hearing here, you're going to love my new TV show, Be Amazing or Go Home. Each episode is devoted to sharing ideas to help you be amazing in both your business and personal lives. We also feature an app or technology every week that you're going to find fascinating, and we always have at least two guests on the show. The show is now available on Amazon Prime, Roku, C-Suite TV, and more, so the choice is yours. Be amazing or go home. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Blake Morgan about her new book. Now, she shared the three principles in the psychological bucket, the, the customer experience mindset. Uh, I can't read my writing for the second one, but it looks like culture, culture. That's, that looks like something completely different, but it says culture. <laughs> I know it does. And then, of course, the leadership, uh, which we just talked about. Uh, I know there's two other buckets. Let's go back in it because, you know, it's great. We give everybody a little appetizer of these others, but we'll go back mm -hmm. in and maybe give them a little main course on uh, the psychological one. So real quick, what are the other two buckets in the other seven principles? So the second bucket is technical. So we have psychological and technical. 
And originally when I wrote this book, it was set to be a whole book about technology. But the feedback I was getting in my interviews with chief technology officers, they did not want to talk with me about technology. Like the CTO of Sephora, I remember taking the ferry to go see him in a skyscraper in downtown San Francisco. We're sitting in his corner office overlooking the whole city, and he didn't want to talk with me about his technology strategy. He wanted to talk with me about a teenage girl that walks into Sephora, the makeup retailer. She has terrible acne, and she's really embarrassed about it, and he wants to get her products that not only heal her skin, but cover up the acne so she can just be a normal teenager. And so it's this human element that is often missing um, from technology. And I also had another experience where I went to Amazon last year. And when I went to Amazon, I was looking for the magic. I wanted to peek behind the curtain and see like this company that declares itself the most customer centric company on earth. What is the secret sauce? What's the magic? I know you love magic, Shep. So that's why yeah, I'm using I, lo this I love your analogy. And, but when I went up there and I peeked behind the curtain to see the magic show, I was really disappointed because there was no magic. Yeah, so once you know the, the secret, it's not as much fun. It's a mindset. That was the <laughs> secret. Is. And yeah. so that I was set to write a whole book about technology. And I talked to my editor. I said, I don't want to write this book because I've realized that the technology is not missing. Most of these companies have technology, but they don't have the mindset. And so I rewrote the book and changed direction. The technology does matter. And so in the book, we have we talk about digital transformation. We talk about tech, customer experience technology. We talk about personalization, analytics. But I scrapped my whole book because I believed, wow, it's actually about being thoughtful. It's the invisible stuff that is killing our businesses. It's not lack of technology. Right. But in the technology, how many, how many principles are there? Yeah, so there are four. And, and I'm doing, this is how I'm presenting my keynote speeches lately. This is, you're not going to find this in the book. You're just going to find the 10 chapters, but to make it digestible for people who are hearing a talk or your listeners, we've got these three buckets. So psychological, technical, do you want me to tell three? you the third one or wait? Sure. I'm ready. I'm sitting down. <laughs> and experiential. Oh yeah. And the experiential bucket encompasses it's it's a little bit of a messier bucket but it's marketing so how do we what does customer focused marketing even look like because how we talk to customers matters so much we also have designing zero friction customer experiences Love as that well one. as well as um, ethics and designing a code of ethics in the age of ai and customer data when uh, life and business are moving so quickly, how can we be thoughtful about protecting our customers? Wow. And that ethics part of it, you're talking about their data, the information, using it the yeah. right way. You know, everybody thinks that uh, the data breaches that are out there are cyber criminals that are looking for um, credit card numbers and the ability to steal an identity. But I believe there's a bigger problem with companies not being ethical about the use of the information they have. Uh, mm -hmm. And I am worried about uh, somebody stealing my identity, but we've got insurance to cover that. But a company who decides to take the information based on my buying patterns and market to me improperly, that bothers me more mm -hmm. than anything. And I think the, the company of the future is gonna figure out how to personalize 
and not make a person feel like they've been invaded. Mm. Yeah, yeah, because there's no coming back from that. It's like a, a bad breakup. It's like once they burn you, like you're never going to forget that. Yep. Yep. You know, uh, it's still nothing is perfect. If I go and uh, you mentioned Amazon, if I go on Amazon and I happen to buy a baby gift for a friend of mine, uh, there's a chance that I might start seeing ads about, you know, baby formula and things like that have, that have nothing to do with the fact <laughs> that, hey, I'm not having a baby. Why are they saying, oh, that's right. A month ago, I bought my friend a baby mm -hmm. gift because they had yeah. a baby. And I think it's so much better than that today. I think they're able to control that. But I just use that as an example um, because it, it, that's what happens. And then we get turned off to the company. And by the way, if they're doing that and it's truly a mistake, give them a second chance because you know they're trying to make it right. They're trying to give you the best experience they can. So I am in favor. I'm the guy, by the way, and I think I've said this on the show, you could put a chip in the back of my neck and mm -hmm. I will feel good about you making my life better by tracking my whereabouts and telling me about the deals that are around me. And it's, mm -hmm. it's you know, I'm that guy. Are you that yeah. girl? Would you like a chip in your neck? Yeah, because my worldview is that life is hard. Life is stressful. And if we can reduce stress for people, that's the ultimate goal is just making humans lives easier and better so they can do what they want to do. They can play ice hockey and hang out with their kids and I like that. Yeah. go, go play a jazz on a stage and, somewhere. That's what you would be doing, right? That's right. I'd be doing all of those as a matter of fact. Very good. You know, I think you're right. By the way, I think the people that are concerned about, uh, I, I metaphorically call it the chip in the neck, is they have something they're trying to hide. And I'm not sure what it is because a lot of times people really don't have anything to hide. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, hey, I don't think, they're sure there's my personal life, but I don't think my personal life is really much different than most people's personal life. Uh, like you said, mm -hmm. Blake, we're pretty boring people. We go to a Las Vegas convention and we sit there and don't drink and we look at each other and go, let's go get better food. Uh, but actually, I enjoy that conference that we see each other at every year. And I've seen you at a couple of different conferences this year. But the one you're referring to is Pegasystems, which is a, a great client of both of ours. Uh, they're a wonderful company, wonderful group. I love the camaraderie of the influencers. Yeah. Yeah that we're there. All right. We're getting off the subject. Let's do this. Let's take another quick break. When we come back, I want to dive back into the psychological bucket since you said it's your favorite bucket and we want to play where it's your, where you're having the most fun. So don't go everybody. We're coming right back. Do you want to amaze your customers and impress your colleagues and outshine your competition? Well, going from average to amazing isn't an out of the reach goal. In fact, Amazement is a habit that anyone can master. And I wrote about this in my best-selling book, Be Amazing or Go Home. And now I have some good news. We just re-released the book in paperback form. And in this book, I let you in on the secrets behind my mantra, always be amazing. And I share with you the simple practices that can elevate your game. Mastering these practices will help you create trust, build stronger relationships, advance your career, and much more. So now is the time to step out of the ordinary and into amazement. Be amazing or go home is available at amazon.com. So what are you waiting for? Make the choice today to be amazing or go home. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back. Blake Morgan's book, The Customer of the Future, 10 Guiding Principles, for winning tomorrow's business available at Amazon and other places books are sold. Blake, 
we have gone through the three buckets. You've kind of touched on the various principles within each. I know we don't want to inundate people with too much information, but we have an overall general view of what's going on here. Let's dive back into the psychological. I want to go into culture. I think culture is probably one of the most important yet often underrated pieces of what's happening in the business world today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, my roommate wrote a book on this called The Employee Experience Advantage, but he's not really my roommate. He's my husband, Jacob. Have you met Jacob yet, Shep? I've only, I, I'm not even sure he truly exists. <laughs> <laughs> you just talk um, about him a lot. <laughs> I do. I know. So, so Jacob wrote this book and he researched 252 companies for the book. And what he found is that the companies that invested in employee experience were 4.2 times more profitable than the companies that did not. And they did this in three ways, in culture, technology, and physical space. And just in my own experience, that matches my research because I recently discovered that so many companies that excel at customer experience, you can also find on the great place to work list. Yeah. Isn't that a coincidence? (laughs) It's not. I know it's not. It's not. Let me tell you a quick example. I met an executive who works at a software company in California called Workday. And he told me the story of a young struggling salesperson who could not sell this ERP software Workday to save his life. He was not doing well. And to add insult to injury, he recently found out his daughter was suffering from dwarfism. And the insurance offered by the company was not going to cover the new um, medical treatments and coaching or development that she needed. So he was going to quit because he couldn't sell the product and the insurance situation. But he goes to HR and he says, can you make an exception and grant me the insurance so my daughter can get the extra attention that she needs? And to his shock, he got it. HR made the exception. This guy felt so loved and appreciated that he had a complete turnaround. He became one of the highest selling salespeople at the company. He brought in million dollar deals that helped make Workday a billion dollar company that it is today. What's ironic about this story is the head of HR did not even remember making this exception because it was just so normal to do the human thing, to do the right thing for the employee. So I love that story. Workday is one of these companies that is on the great place to work list. Um, they also have very happy customers. So, so Jacob's research is basically aligned with what I've seen on my end as well. Wow. I love that story. What I, I mean, I just thought the first, the, the punchline, if you will, or the, the point of the story was it went down and they did the human thing. But the, the follow-up to that is she doesn't even remember doing it because it's what she does all the time. Isn't that great? So uh, more companies should think about that. You know, what is it that you do all the time that makes differences in people's lives? And uh, maybe that's, uh, I don't know what you call it. Is it a perk? It's, you know, no, you know what it is? It's the culture of the company. They hire the right people to do the right thing. And by the way, I'm sure that is focused uh, based on the leadership's ideas. So great story on culture. Anything else about the CX mindset that you want to get into before we wrap up with my one thing question? Yeah, I think that it's interesting when senior executives are surprised when 
they go into the the floor, they go on to, into the call center and the employees just seem like they don't want to be there. I mean, all of us have been served by employees who just, you almost feel sorry for them because mm-hmm. they just seem to be so miserable. But then, you know, the executives don't exude that, that mindset where they, they don't seem to wake up in the morning, jump out of bed, excited to serve somebody like the Jeff Bezos executives of the world. Uh-huh. He's working in the call center every year. Um, and you can email Jeff directly and if, and he'll forward that to somebody at Amazon, which I've heard from Amazon employees is very, very scary to get an email from Jeff with a customer issue. You don't <laughs> oh, I can that. only imagine. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. I can only imagine what that's like. That's like, you know, they say that when you got into the elevator with Steve Jobs and it's just a coincidence, he was riding the elevator with you. It's like, uh oh. I have a quick story about Jeff Bezos. Sure. So I went up to Amazon, I told you. And when I was there, I had dinner with a friend who works there. And he told me a story about Jeff. It was the holidays and he was having a meeting with 30 executives and he wanted to know what was going on in the call center. So he asked his head of service who was in the meeting. He said, we'll call him John. He said, hey, John, can you tell me how long it takes to reach a person? in the call center. And and John had that look on his face, like when your boss asks you something and you really don't know the answer. And John says, well, I think under a minute, Jeff says, really? Okay. Let's see. Takes out his phone, dials the number for 1-800 Amazon service, puts the phone on speaker, sits it on the table and 30 executives sit around and they wait. One minute passes by. Oh no. Nobody picks up the phone. Two minutes pass by, no one picks up the phone. Three minutes pass by, and the head of service is looking physically extremely uncomfortable. His face is turning a dark shade of beet red, and he's sweating. Four and a half minutes pass by until an agent picks up and says, hello, this is Amazon. How may I help you today? Jeff hangs up. Soon after this meeting, the head of service resigns. So... For me, this is the best example where the most recognizable CEO in the world cares that much about a call center wait time where most CEOs would not care or be interested at all. Yeah. And, you know, and there's so much to be gained on the insight. Number one, great leader willing to mystery shop his or her own company. Yeah. Uh, number two is, and and I know the person was probably uncomfortable and resigned, obviously, but one of the things, the reputation, Bezos knows the reputation of his company is based on delivery of the service that he promises. And convenience the, revolution. Yeah, the convenience revolution. Very good. All right, we're out of time. I always love to end the show with one final comment, the one thing question. What do you absolutely want our good listeners to hear before we finish up uh, today? Yeah, the book is called The Customer of the Future, but the company of the future is the company with a soul. It's the company that knows what's going on in the world, that does the human thing for both employees and customers. Wow, I love it. A company with a soul. Blake, you're doing amazing things. You're sharing great information. Get the book, The Customer of the Future. Follow Blake on her Forbes column. You're doing a what, a weekly column, basically? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's great content. Think you'll love it. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us today. I promise you next week, we're going to have another amazing interview. That's why we call it Amazing Business Radio. And until then, this is Chef Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.